Okay. Dunamis means power. If you missed last week, could I encourage you to go to the website? And on our website is last week's sermon. And it really began to explain the meaning of the dunamis power of God that is to work in us, and it so powerfully works that it comes out of us. It should flow out of us. The dunamis is the very nature of God's Spirit. And that nature dwells within us. It's the same power that raised Christ from the dead. And so if that power is in you, it should make alive dead things. Right? The dunamis power is at work making alive the dead things. The first dead thing in us was us. Our spirit was dead to God, dead in its trespasses and sin. When the life of God, the resurrection power of the Holy Spirit, the very nature of God's own power came to dwell in us, He made us alive. He quickened us, the King James says. He made us alive in Him, birthed His Spirit in us, making us righteous as a gift of God. And there, from there, that dunamis power is healing and raising dead things. Right? There are some things that need to be cut away, and there's other things that need to come alive. And that dunamis power of the Holy Spirit is abiding in every believer and active. And tonight I want to share with you probably the, the, the richness of where this dunamis comes from and how it abides in us and we abide in it. Would you please turn to John chapter 15? Many of you, I'm sure, are familiar with this passage of Scripture. I'm reading out of the English Standard Version, John 15, verses 1 through 11. And Jesus says this, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch of mine that does not bear fruit, He takes away, and every branch that does not bear fruit, He prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you, have, you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. All right, let's back up because there's a verse you want to underline, highlight with pink, blue, and green. Verse 5 I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears what? Much fruit. If you abide in Jesus, you will bear what? How much? Much fruit. Much. A lot of. A lot of fruit. Much fruit. Alright? Now that tells you of the dunamis or the dynamic power within us to produce fruit. It's ever producing fruit. Alright? As we're abiding in Him, it is producing fruit. And he goes on to say it will produce much fruit. What does he say after that? Apart from me, you can do what? Nothing. All right. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown in the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. 
Please remember that verse, and I'm going to show you why that is the case. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Let me back up there in verse 8. By this my Father is glorified. By what? Abiding in Him and bearing much fruit. That glorifies the Father. Right? That bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. The fruit, you'll know them by their fruit. There's evidence, all right, that you're in the vine, that you belong to Jesus. You are a Christian. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Full. Obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ, abiding in His love and abiding in Him will produce fruit that glorifies God, proves you're a disciple, and will cause abounding joy in our lives. That sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Now that's what the Christian life is. Right there. That's the Christian life. If we are living below that, it's out of ignorance we're doing it. We're ignorant of what is ours. Paul prays in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 for the Spirit of God to bring revelation and wisdom to, so that we would understand all that is ours that we inherit in this vine and the power that is for us, not against us. And so it's ignorance that keeps us from living in this abiding joy and dunamos life. Now here's another thing that's wonderful. When you're ignorant and weak, the Holy Spirit of God intercedes for us with groanings that can't be uttered, the very will of God, so that it would bring that revelation that Paul was praying for us to have, so that we'd recognize what it means to live in Christ. Basically, most Christians think that they need more spirit power. You don't need more spirit power. It's like a download. I lost spirit power. I need more juice. The Holy Spirit is a person who dwells in us at salvation. His very nature inhabits us, dwells in us. If you're saved by faith in the blood of Jesus Christ, you are in the vine. And the only thing that is causing us to live beneath the power and authority is our ignorance. To call upon it, live in it, and work with it. It's not a lack from God, and you lack nothing. Now, how many of you, come on, how many of you? I mean, I, how many of you at the altar? God, I need more. I need more. God, give me more. Give me more. It's all there. Right? So, so the branch on a vine it's a give me more, give me more. It's all flowing in that vine. The life is in the vine. It's flowing to every part of it. Okay? The only restriction is if we're not understanding what is ours. And the enemy wants to play on our ignorance. That's all he's got. He's a defeated enemy. 
He's a defeated foe, but if he can intimidate you and create fear from acting upon what is yours. Now let's go on. Now this is talking about abiding in the vine. Now this is important to an agricultural society. Israel was an agrarian society. Agriculture was their main product and, and livestock. That's their survival. So when Jesus is talking about abiding in the vine, these people get it. I mean, about the best we get for abiding in the vine is about this time of year we all go to the cider mill and drink apple juice. Maybe you go to the local fruit store and buy fruit, but most of us don't see it on the vine, do we? And so we really don't get the sense of this thing. But let's go on because Paul is now going to go further with it in Romans chapter 11. In Romans chapter 11, if you'll turn there please, let's take the discussion of the vine and agriculture just a little further. We'll start at verse 17 of chapter 11 of the book of Romans. Now, what I want you to comprehend, go ahead, find your place, is that Jesus is speaking to Israel, isn't He, at this time? He's also speaking of the future salvation that is coming to those who will abide in Him. But not everybody that heard Him teach this lasted in the vine, did they? They didn't attach themselves. They didn't come into the vine, did they? And so they were those branches that ended up in the fire. They did not shift in the covenant shift. And you've got to remember this in the New Testament. We so often forget it 2,000 years later. That much of what is being spoken of in the New Testament is speaking to Israel to move into the new covenant from the old covenant to comprehend that it is no longer faith in the law and the animal sacrifice, but now faith in Christ Jesus. And if they do not make that shift from faith in the, the circumcision, faith in the, the sacrifice, faith in the temple, and faith of all the shadows that pointed to Jesus, if they don't move to Jesus, they do not have salvation. This is the crisis that is literally taking place in the New Testament. And we so often forget that. And many times we ascribe this struggle that's going on between Israel coming into Messiah as, and, and apply it to Christians. But the, the branches that are going to be cut off and thrown into the fire are those who are not going to come into the vine of Jesus Christ. They're Israel, but if they don't come in, they will be cut off. Branches that will end up in the fire. Because salvation is by no other name but Jesus Christ. And so that's the warning. Now let's take a look at that. Paul will extrapolate on that. Take it further in Romans 11. Let's take a look. Verse 17. But if some of the branches were broken off and you, although a wild olive shoot, he's talking to Gentiles, were the wild olive shoot. Who's the vine? Jesus is the vine. He's speaking to that, and he's speaking to Israel, and he's speaking now to the wild olive shoot. He says some of the branches were broken off, and you, although a wild olive shoot, were grafted in among the others, and now share in the nourishing root of the olive tree. If Do not be ignorant toward the branches. If you are 
Remember, it's not you who support the root, but the root that supports you. Then you will say, branches were broken off so that I might be grafted in. That's true. They were broken off because of their unbelief. But you stand fast through faith. So don't become proud, but stand in awe. Speaking in the book of Romans to Gentiles, you're being grafted into this faith through Jesus Christ. He's the branch. He's the root. Don't you think, (laughs) we're better than those Jews now. He said, hey man, watch it. You stand in awe. Don't stand in pride. Thank God He grafted you in. For if God did not spare the natural branches, neither will He spare you. Note then the kindness and severity of God. Severity towards those who have fallen, but God's kindness to you, providing you, you continue in His kindness, otherwise you too will be cut off. And even they, if they do not continue in their unbelief, will be grafted in, for God has the power to graft them in again. And of course, that's what Romans 9, 10, and 11 is about. The day when God will bring Israel back through Messiah. But know this, they must come through Christ. They must. For if you were cut from what is by nature a wild olive tree and grafted, contrary to nature, into a cultivated olive tree, how much more will these, the natural branches, be grafted back into their own olive tree? Let me explain that to you. It sounds very confusing sometimes. But Jesus said this to the woman at the well. Salvation is of the Jews. The Samaritan woman at the well said, should we worship here? Should we worship there? On this mountain or that mountain? Jesus said, you're right. Salvation is of the Jews. So God chose Abraham, made covenant with him, became the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jacob had 12 sons. Through those 12 sons came the 12 tribes, the nation of Israel, holding that covenant to Abraham through those 12 tribes becoming the nation of Israel, God was bringing salvation to the earth so that Israel would bring forth Messiah. And when Messiah came, He would be the the promise of Abraham, the completion of the law, and all would come in through Him. He is the root of David that very vine and tree that grew through Abraham and David uh, and, and to the world as the tree of life, brothers and sisters, the tree of life. Now Israel was in that tree of life, but when Christ came, if they did not accept Christ, if they did not accept Messiah, did not accept Jesus, then they would become the branches that were on that vine, now broken and cast off. Because you cannot be saved apart from Jesus. Now what is so wild and crazy about this is God came and took all of the broken branches of all other nations and began to graft them in through Jesus Christ into this tree. That's us! And so to be in Christ is to be grafted in to the tree of life, to God Himself. Now, I want you to get this. We, we don't get this. So what I did is I, uh, I, I want to show you something. Um, what grafting is all about. If, if you'll see here, to be grafted in, you take, as he said, there was the natural olive branch that was growing. Now, here's the thing about grafting. The root system was already established. Okay. 
So God established the root system of salvation, the root system uh, for the world to come to Messiah through the very root system of Israel and the Old Testament and the covenant of Abraham. You got that? Okay. And so that natural olive tree, but then you had wild ones, that's the Gentile nations who had God at one time, as Acts 17, Paul says, God at one time winked or didn't even look to them for salvation. He was letting this tree grow to establish its root system. And so then what he did is he began to graft us in so that all who come now to God are grafted in to that root system. And so what I have here for you tonight is Please make sure it's good and loud. I want you to watch. This is about a three and a half minute video. It's from... Um, uh, okay, so where's, where's, the, where's the place near Australia that they filmed uh, Lord of the Rings? New Zealand. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> it's uh, from New Zealand, and they're going to show you how to graft a branch into an existing tree. Listen intently, take some notes so that we can really get the sense of what it means for us to be grafted into this tree. Go ahead, Dean. Here we are at our beautiful big Glen mango tree. Now this is a mature and a productive tree, and Katie and I have come here to collect the sign woods that we're going to graft onto some bowen rootstocks. Now we choose a part of the tree that has big fat vegetative buds that haven't pushed, so that, that means that they're still holding their leaves in the bud, is what we're looking for, so that once you graft that onto your rootstock, all the vigour that's held in that bud is then released through the sap and is pushed, it pushes open and your, your new grafted plant takes off. So it's important to select your, your signwood, as it's called, at the correct time. So we've looked around the tree and we've found a beautiful, beautiful bud here to have a look at. So Katie's going to cut it off and give us a look at how she actually prepares these buds. This is the signwood, as it's called. So the leaves are removed from, from the plant um, and it's, it's prepared to be put onto the, the rootstock. We're going to put it onto a, a bowen mango, which has a vigorous root system. And then that's going to push off to make a beautiful glen mango. So this is what it looks like when it's ready. And you can see those beautiful big fat buds that are ready to make your new tree. We're frequently asked about grafting plants here at Daly's Nursery. Why we graft them and what are the advantages? Now there's a lot of advantages to having a grafted plant. Um, we graft them firstly because the, the graft becomes a miniature version of the parent tree. So it'll grow true to, true to type, which means it'll be as vigorous and productive and the fruit will be of the same quality as the tree that the piece of signwood came from. Whereas a seedling tree, it won't necessarily be like that. So you might have to wait 12 years for your fruit tea to fruit and then you might be really disappointed with the quality of the fruits. Grafted trees, as a rule, will start fruiting and be productive in their third or fourth year, depending on what sort of tree they are. Obviously, your fruit tree needs to be big enough to hold the weight of the fruit. So with a jackfruit, which is an extremely large fruit, it could be a little bit longer. Um, these are mangoes that we've got here today, and Katie's going to give us a demonstration on how to graft a mango. They're a, what she's going to do is a... Um, cleft graft. Um, so we've collected the signwood. She then cuts it into a wedge shape. So the idea is to match up the cambium layers of the wood with the rootstock and the graft. 
So this section of the plant becomes the roots of the tree and the top section of the graft wood which Katie's putting on will become the mature fruiting part of the tree. This, this will be the same as what the tree that it's come from. So it should have a really highly productive and delicious quality of fruit that comes from that. Now Katie's taping them together here. This needs to be done straight away and that holds the unions together and they heal very, very quickly. So within a few weeks you'll be able to tell whether that graft is taken and it'll be on its way. It'll start pushing new growth and it actually becomes one tree in a matter of months. Once the graft is put on, the tree then needs to be labelled with exactly what it is. This is very important so we know what variety of mango that we've put onto this tree and the date of when it was grafted. So this is a process in the nursery to let us know exactly what we've produced. This mango tree was grafted at the end of January this year, so it's approximately five months old now. As you can see, the grafting tape has become loose and just I can gently break that away and it actually reveals a beautiful graft. This is all joined together where the union has been made. This tree is almost ready for sale. It just needs to go outside for a few weeks and harden up and then that'll be ready to plant in your garden. And within a couple of years, you'll be harvesting beautiful Florigan mangoes from this tree. Okay. Let's talk about it. Did, now, this is not a Christian video, but it's totally a Christian video. I mean, every other word that she was describing is exactly the, the reality of our new birth and the dunamos life that we have been grafted into. So let's take a few minutes. Let's unpack this thing. Um, I'm hoping some of you caught some of the phrases. We'll go back and we're going to go through it again so that I can really point out some of the key things. But let's, let's go back and in, uh, from the beginning, did anybody pick up on something that they thought was unique? Yes. The quality of the fruit would be better because on its own, we don't know what it could produce, but it will produce a quality based on the root system that it's being grafted into. Amen. Good. Yes. Yes, we will become of the same nature of the parent tree. Very good. You, you have a lot I can see. I'm going to share, share it. Yes. The thing that struck me is that the piece that's being grafted must be pared and trimmed to fit. Yes. And that's what our word in this title does. It does. It, it, it not even... Well, let me say, as well as with that, do you remember in the beginning, what did she say about that branch? It had to be what? Pruned and clipped. All its growth. Has to be done. There it is. Selected. And at the right time. And, and why? what did she say about the buds in it? it? They had not been released yet. Because the power that was going to come from the sap to release them. Yeah, what else? You guys are sharp, man. I found it interesting that uh, the, the grafted ones into the tree was 
and you don't know what you'd get. Right. Right, right, okay. Yeah, good. Anyone else? Yes, in the back. Speak louder, I can't hear you. So it could harden and be strong. Yes, yes. Jesus prayed not to take us out of the world, but that we would be able to be in the world. Yes, Yes. Yeah. Very good. How many of you noticed what has to happen to the original vine or tree? Yeah, did you see the cutting? When when did the cutting occur? Occur to the vine at the cross. Somebody said it over here. At the cross. Jesus was cut open, wasn't He? He was literally split and made open so that we would be grafted in to Him. So the sap or the life could flow through us. Now what was necessary to bind that together? Tape. What would that be? I'm going for the Holy Spirit. I, I heard it back here. I'm the, the, we need the church. We need the body to hold together. We need the Word to strengthen us. But I, I think in the illustration of binding us to Christ is that holding power of the Holy Spirit that seals us unto the day of redemption. Yeah. Now obviously there's not... You know, these are all correct answers. There's not a right or wrong because it's an analogy and we can draw so much from it. Now, what does this do for you considering this is you? What does that say about you and Jesus? You are one. You are one. You're not duct taped to the branch. Okay? And many of you, because I know you, many of you feel so less than the other believers here because they're all great people grafted in, but me, God tolerates me. I get to hang around. Believe me, I've spoken to so many who feel that way. There is not one believer who is not grafted into Christ. If you're not grafted into Christ, you're not a believer. All right? But everyone here who confesses the, their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, you are each personally grafted into God, into Jesus Christ. So, what is happening for everyone here? What is flowing in you? The very Holy Spirit of the very life of God. The very branch is flowing. Now you can see where Jesus says when He's talking about you abide in Me and I'll abide in you, apart from Me you can do what? Nothing. Absolutely. You can't have a branch. Did you see that branch? Once she cut that thing off, what would happen to it? Death. Wither and die. Absolutely. And there are dead branches all around us. 
People are withering and dying out there. And Paul said in Romans 11, hey, you that are grafted in, don't look at all those withering and dying and say, hmm, look at me. But call out to them. Let them come into this vine who says, come unto me, all who are weary and heavy laden. Be grafted into this thing. So the very same nature of that tree is flowing in you. You've been taken out of the dead tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and you've been brought into the good tree, the tree of Christ. Now, uh, are you satisfied? Should we go on, or should we take it back again and listen? Let's take a vote. Who wants to see it one more time? All right, who doesn't need to see it again? Who doesn't care? All right, those who don't care, I'm putting you with the vote of seeing it again. Let's do it again. <laughs> Dean, let's show it again, and then when I say pause it, you, you pause it. Now, this is a mature and a productive tree, and Katie and I have come here to collect the sign woods that we're going to graft onto some bow and rootstocks. Now, we choose a part of the tree that has big, fat vegetative buds that haven't pushed, so that, that means that they're still holding their leaves in the bud is what we're looking for, so that once you graft that onto your rootstock, all the vigor that's held in that bud is then released through the sap and Hold it. pushed it. All the vigor that's held within it. You know, God knows what's in you. We don't even know what's in us. But once that, she said, all the vigor of that vine is released through you, right? And this is the redemption of our God. This is what He does. Many of you believe that He redeemed you from sin that once you got saved it's from that point on he can do something with your life but God is so good that what God does is when he saves you he takes even takes you all the way back from your birth and everything that's ever happened in your life the good the bad the ugly and everything else he redeems it he'll use it all he'll push his nature through all of it so that once was your worst nightmare now becomes a testimony of the love of God to others And now it becomes the beauty of a blossom that His vigor through you can make all your mistakes something of value. And that's awesome. God sees you and He wants to flow through you. He doesn't want to bypass you. You have fruit yet to blossom. Even when you thought it was stuff so horrendous, God is going to heal you so then it can now be used. To his glory. Go ahead, Dean. It pushes open and your, your new grafted plant takes off. So it's important to select your, your sign wood, as it's called, at the correct time. Right, so correct looked, time. looked around the tree and we found a beautiful, beautiful bud here to have a look at. So Katie's going to cut it off and give us a look at how she actually prepares these buds. And this is the process of being prepared. How many of you remember when God was snipping at your life. This is the sign wood as it's called. So the leaves are removed from, from the plant. Let's stop um, it there for a it's, second. It's How about, uh, you know, everything, our self-esteem, everything we worked for, right? Self-sufficient people are the hardest people to get saved because self-sufficient people think they're all that. They don't need a God. They don't need a Savior. That's why people usually get saved when they're broken. Hello, 
who breaks them? Right? All of our self-sufficiency, all that we thought was going so great, He just continues to lop off. Because anything we produce, any fruit we, we produce does not last. But it's, He's not doing this because he hates you. He's not doing this in a mean, contemptuous way. Why is he doing this? To save you by his love. Okay, Dean. Prepared to be put onto the, the rootstock. We're going to put it onto a, a bow and mango, which has a vigorous root system. Vigorous And then that's going to push off to make system. a beautiful Glen mango. So this is what it looks like when it's ready. And you can see those beautiful big fat buds that are ready to make your new tree. Okay, stop there. A vigorous root system. You've been put into a vigorous root system. Do you lack anything from God? Nothing. God's power is here for you. That's why, remember I said, I want you to remember that when Jesus says, whatsoever you ask in my name shall be done. Because what happens is you're grafted into Him. What you ask according to His purpose shall be done because the sap is flowing from Him to you. His will is your will. Your will is His will. Do you see how that works? You know, we've perverted it to say, whatsoever you ask, he'll give you. Well, I'd like a new Cadillac. I'd like a diamond ring. I'd like this. It's like, please, come on. Is that the fruit of this tree? Or is that the fruit of your flesh? Do you see what I mean? But when you ask, whatever you ask of him, flowing from the very nature of that tree will be given because it is of the same nature. It's flowing. Okay, keep going. We're frequently asked about grafting plants here at Daly's Nursery. Why we graft them and what are the advantages? Now there's a lot of advantages to having a grafted plant. Um, we graft them firstly because the, the graft becomes a miniature version of the parent tree. There it so is. So it'll grow true to, true to type, which okay. means it'll be as vigorous and productive and the fruit will be of the same Pause quality. It. As miniature version. <laughs> All right. You are a mi miniature version of Jesus. You are the representation of Christ in this world. We've all been grafted. Every one of you is a miniature version of Jesus. This is how Jesus had the confidence to turn the kingdom over to a bunch of fishermen. Come on. You think three years is enough to take over the world? But three years grafted into the very nature of God is and he knew that that's what was going on. You are grafted. You're a miniature version of Jesus. Brothers and sisters, what should be growing in us is the very nature of Christ. Now, I don't mean his divinity. You're not going to become omniscient, omnipresent, immutable, unchanging, and all-powerful. But his nature is flowing in us. We all must be miniature versions of Jesus. Did you feel like Jesus today? You can, you can, you can feel like Jesus if we pay attention to the reality of that. Now we'll get into the issues we have to contend with, but don't let the things we contend with rob you of your identity. Here's the biggest problem with the church, we've lost our identity. We've lost who we are. 
We think we're just sinners saved by grace. And, and will that graft always be considered just a graft? No. It becomes one with the plant. You are not considered a sinner. You're considered a saint. You are considered the righteousness of God, a son of God. Your identity is in Christ. When I asked you today, did you feel like Jesus? The answer for all of us is yes. Yes. Well, emotionally, I wasn't all there. But your identity was. You never lost your identity in Christ. You didn't not graft and then get graft and not graft and then get graft. You with me? Go ahead, Dean. That's the tree that the piece of sign wood came from. Whereas a seedling tree, it won't necessarily be like that. So you might have to wait 12 years for your fruit tea to fruit. And then you might be really disappointed with the quality of the fruits. Okay, hold it. The quality of the fruit is of the nature of the root. I like that. Tell your neighbor, the quality of the fruit is the nature of the root. (laughs) Right? The quality of the fruit is the nature of the root. Who's our root? Jesus. So what's the quality of your fruit? Jesus. Keep it going rule will start fruiting and be productive in their third or fourth year depending on what sort of tree they are obviously your fruit tree needs to be big enough to hold the weight of the fruit so with a jackfruit which is an extremely large fruit it could be a little bit longer um, hold it. A mango. can jesus hold all the fruit you're going to bear oh yeah and he wants that fruit to last he can handle it all he can handle the weight of the world and he's looking for more fruit from us go ahead we've got here today and Katie's going to give us a demonstration on how to graft a mango. They're a, what she's going to do is a um, cleft graft. Um, so we've collected the sign wood. She a then cuts it into graft. a wedge shape. So the idea is to match up the cambium layers of the wood with the rootstock and the okay, graft. She talks about a cleft graft and we are held in the cleft of Christ Jesus. She says that she has to cut it so that it matches up. If you'll remember, Jesus became a man so that He would match up. He's our kinsman redeemer. He had to be identified with man. And He held the covenant with the Father on our behalf. The Word or God became flesh and dwelt among us. And that that flesh is Jesus Christ to become a man. So in in covenant representation, from God to us, He represented God. From us to God, He represented us. He was fully man. And He could bring Himself to God representing all of mankind because He was a man. And that's where the grafting is able to come in here and match. Go ahead. So this section of the plant becomes the roots of the tree. And the top section of the graft wood, which Katie's putting on, will become the mature fruiting part of the tree. This, this will be the same as what the tree that it's come from. So it should have a really highly productive and delicious quality of fruit that comes from that. Now Katie's taping them together here. This needs to be highly delicious and away. productive. And that holds the unions together and they heal very, very quickly. So within okay, a hold it few there. Minutes, what, what happened uh, without that tape? What happened to that little graft? Did you see Fell, fell off, yeah. And so we need to be sealed by the Holy Spirit. Go ahead. 
You'll be able to tell whether that graft is taken and it'll be on its way. It'll start pushing new growth and it actually becomes one tree in a okay, matter of Okay, right there. I love that. Pushing new growth. When you get up tomorrow, you're going to feel this pushing. I don't usually have to go to the bathroom in the morning, but I'm talking about a different one. You're going to feel this pushing. <laughs> I want you to be aware of that anointing, that dunamos, that power. You're going to be pushing for new growth. Tomorrow, get up and, and say, I'm pushing for new growth. I'm identified in Christ Jesus. I will be pushing for new growth today. I'm going to bear new fruit that's going to grow riper and richer because I am one with that tree. Okay, go ahead. Once the graft is put on, the tree then needs to be labelled with exactly what it is. This is very important so we know what... Needs to be what? For what it is. Are you labelled? Are you identified? Does everybody know that you're grafted into Jesus Christ? Does everybody know that your actions portray the nature of your root system, which is Jesus Christ? We're not secret agents here, brothers and sisters. We can't be. We are not secret agents. We are not to hide it under a bushel, are we? Everyone needs to know the identity of who you are. Isn't it interesting that everybody else wears all sorts of identifying marks? As to who they belong to and who they love? It should be evidence with us. Yes, go ahead. A variety of mango that we've put onto this tree and the date of when it was grafted. So this is a process in the nursery to let us know exactly what we've produced. This mango tree was grafted at the end of January this year. That's so good. It's... All right, thank you for the ladies at that nursery. All right, let's go back to our outline now. I want you to see 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4. On your outline, I've put this portion of Scripture, and it says this, "...through the grace and goodness of God, by which He has granted to us His precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature." having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. He's talking about the promises through Abraham that have been given to us and through all those promises coming through all that time through Israel so that why? These very great promises so that through them you may what? Become partakers of the what? Divine nature. There it is. Grafting in. The dunamos power, we're talking about the dunamos. It is the very nature of God. It is the power of one's own virtue and nature. The power of God is in you. The dunamos of His very Spirit raised Christ from the dead. That power of it inhabits us. And He said, we partake of it. We partake of it. You don't partake of it 